Hello, my name is Maurice Harker. What you're about to listen to is a clip from a live training session with either an individual or a group who are anxiously engaged in recovering their marriages. Please listen to several of the recordings in this podcast, and then, when you are ready, seriously consider attending the live weekly trainings from your home via webinar. My ability to provide enough individual and marriage therapy sessions has become very limited, so I created the marriage repair workshops so I could serve more people at a lower cost for you. So please, when you're ready, investigate your options at www.lazaruslectures.com. That's L-A-Z-A-R-U-S-L-E-C-T-U-R-E-S.com. I look forward to meeting you and to serving you well. I would love to play a part in decreasing your pain and increasing your happiness. See you soon. Let's talk about fear and courage for a second. This concept of fear is such a um, double-edged sword. If we humans don't experience fear, we won't have the instinct to run away from tigers. If we don't experience fear, we won't run to a storm shelter when a tornado is coming. It's really important that you look at your fear and check to see its validity to check to see if it's legitimate. When you've had PTSD, one of the most common representations or uh, features, elements of PTSD is when you're having a full animal fear response to something like what was traumatizing but isn't. Take, for instance, someone whose home was destroyed by a tornado and they may have lost at least one loved one. Every time the wind chimes bump against each other on their front porch, they would have a full PTSD response as if there's a tornado. We first saw this in military situations where if someone's walking through Kaysville, Utah, and they hear a sound similar to what they heard in a battlefield, they're diving in the bushes, having a full chemical psychological response as if they're in a battlefield. Now, what we don't do as professionals is if someone is still in Vietnam and they're having this kind of reaction, then we don't try to fix their PTSD because those alarms could actually save their lives, right? If you're in a relationship with someone who has a decent amount of chance to misbehave in a way that hurts you again, then we don't try very hard to fix your PTSD. We want you to have a plan to retreat to safety. It is not wise to get rid of your trauma response if you're still in danger. So first, we make sure you're safe. Then we check to see if your fear is too high. We check to see if your fear is too high. There's a fancy term called systematic desensitization, which is just the gradual process of helping your brain get the message that we're not in danger. But Hallie and the other experienced women will tell you, this is not something you do with a, a, a neurofeedback thing and then you're done. Because if you're in a relationship with a living thing, human male, there's always the chance he could be a ticking time bomb again. So Holly, what do you do to temper your fear to check to see if it's legitimate or not? Can you even explain that in English or is it a sixth sense now? I, I do what I call a reality check. I look to see what the facts are. Like what is actually happening with, what do I see with my eyes? not what is the story that's being created in my head. So I have to get grounded, centered, so that I can assess myself, my surroundings for safety. So safety, I have to, I had to learn first how 
to do that again. Cause after I was, had experienced the trauma, like I was always on overdrive over here. So I had to learn how to get grounded again first and know how to get myself to safety. If there was danger, knowing that I had tools to get myself and ways to get myself to safety was essential. I had to trust myself to know how to do that. This takes practice. Please do not hope to understand and be able to do this skillfully in less than six months. It usually takes at least a year before you have confidence in your ability to do so. When in doubt, retreat to safety. It will not make anything better for you to courageously get hurt more if you're just trying to ignore your fears. A healthy man, a healthy person, a person who has become healthy after hurting someone will always validate your retreating if it's even if it's too early. Can you just call me every five minutes on your way home so I'm not scared? A healthy man will say, I don't quite understand why it needs to be that much, but I'll do it so that you can feel safe. That's an example of it. A man who's not ready to be in a relationship will be irritated by the extra stuff that needs to be done. Now, I want to talk about courage for a second. I am extremely angry at everyone who may imply that you are not courageous. The most academically, mathematically correct thing for you to do if you have been through something that's left you in this meeting is to never try again with this person. That is the statistical accurate thing to do because mathematically speaking, it's highly likely you're going to get hurt again. If you are in this meeting, you already are courageous. If you get within 10 yards of the person who has hurt you before, you are already courageous. You're going to be accused by unhealthy people that you are not courageous because you don't share a bed with him at this time, because you don't uh, sit there and let him share his feelings with you in an unhealthy way. During your personal rituals, during your pioneer woman rituals, please make note of all the courageous things that you do, that you try to interact with someone who has hurt you, right? That you even think about it. If you're like, okay, I want to go to a therapist so that I'm more likely to be able to talk to someone who has hurt me before. Okay, that's courageous right there, right? I want to find a way to talk to someone who has been rude and disrespectful to me in the past. That's courageous. Please do not let someone gaslight you. In this context, it means make you feel crazy because you thought you were courageous and they say you're not. Any interaction you have with someone who has hurt you and has a pattern of hurting you, you are being courageous. And if you aren't feeling it today, if you're depleted and you don't have the energy to be uh, courageous, excuse yourself from any participation in season one work. Just like if a guy was to ask you out on a date in high school on a weekend that you had too much homework, you just should have a prepared response. Thank you. That's so kind of you to ask me, but I'm not going to be in a position to be able to join you for that. If a guy invites you to some season one work and you're too burned out with, with a, an inadequate amount of courage, just say, no, thank you. And if he loses it, that's your weather check. If he gets aggravated, if he gets impatient, there's your weather check. You don't even have to ask him a question. His reaction to your retreat and regroup is a weather check. Hello, you've just finished listening to one of our episodes of Memoirs of an LDS Therapist. It's important to me that you have a chance to get more and more of these principles. We kept this brief because you probably have a busy life, but there's so much more. So please listen to the rest of these episodes 
and look for ways to apply them to your life. And ready f- when you're ready for some deep and complex training, please look us up at lifechangingservices.org, specifically the marriage repair workshops and the Lazarus lectures. I look forward to seeing you in those more advanced trainings.